NPR. This is Ian Decatur from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Paddy Hirsch. Obesity is a disease that affects more than 40% of Americans. It contributes to and exacerbates hundreds of other diseases, including the biggest killers of Americans. That's heart disease, cancer, and COVID-19. And that makes obesity expensive. The Milken Institute, which leans moderately liberal, estimated that in 2016, healthcare costs related to obesity and being overweight added up to $480.7 billion. And there's an additional $1.24 trillion cost to the wider economy due to lost economic productivity. So all of these new weight loss drugs that we've been hearing about recently kind of sound like a lifesaver, right? Both for individuals and for the economy. But while you might think from the media coverage that everyone is taking Wagovi or Manjaro or even Ozempic, the diabetic drug, to deal with their weight loss, the fact is that they're not. In fact, fewer than 30% of Americans have access to these drugs through their health plans. Medicare patients, meanwhile, have no access because of legislation that forbids Medicare from covering medications used for weight loss. So on today's show, we'll find out why the uptake of weight loss drugs has been so slow, despite the long-term financial incentives. And we'll see how social conditioning and short-term thinking is still trampling all over economics in the weight loss debate. That's coming up after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at eTrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the importance of supporting small businesses. Being a small business owner is a dream, but being able to execute that business plan is much bigger than a dream. That's where we come in as State Farm agents to say, hey, we got you. You got this and we got this. Let's do it together. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Obesity has become a critical part of the healthcare landscape in America. In 1962, 3.4% of American adults had obesity. Data gathered just ahead of the COVID-19 pandemic showed that that number has now risen to more than 40%. This disease is deadly. Excess weight kills as many as half a million Americans every year. And it's expensive. John Corley is a professor of economics and public policy at Cornell University. We estimate that the U.S. uh, spends an additional $289 billion a year treating obesity-related illness. And that's just healthcare. John says the disease taxes the wider economy as well in a variety of ways. Employers have been very concerned about obesity for quite a long time, and that's because of both absenteeism, presenteeism, and health insurance impact. So the absenteeism is people missing work. The presenteeism is people being at work but being less productive. And then there's the impact of the obesity on the health insurance costs and premia. We're talking about trillions of dollars a year here, which is why weight loss drugs like Nova Nordisk's Wagovi and Eli Lilly's Manjaro and Zepbound look like they could be something of a godsend. 
to employers, to the government, and to doctors like Kate Varney. So how have you been feeling? Great. Yeah? Good. She's the obesity medicine director at the University of Virginia. It's exciting, right? I mean, as medicine progresses and we get smarter and we understand about the causes of obesity, finally we have effective treatments. Highly effective on the face of it. People are losing up to a fifth of their body weight. That's enough in many cases to get patients out of the danger zone. Best of all, Kate says, the key ingredients in these drugs, the GLP-1 receptor agonists, have been proven to be not only effective, but safe. The first GLP-1 receptor agonist came out in 2005, extenatide, for treatment of type 2 diabetes. But only when it started being used for obesity have people lost their mind. And by losing their minds, she means the resistance that she's encountered from employers and politicians when she's advocated for adding weight loss drugs to corporate healthcare plans and to Medicare. If a medication came out that could put a cancer in remission at a rate of 30 to 40 percent, people would be going crazy and they would all want that treatment. But here we are with obesity and be like, eh, yeah, we'll see how it pans off. Well, is it safe? There's this stigma and this negative association with patients with obesity that they're just lazy and they're not doing what they need to do when in reality they've tried everything, they're at their wit's end of what they need to do. It doesn't help, of course, that a lot of the publicity around these weight loss drugs has centered around their use by people who are not obese or even overweight. We're looking at you, Elon Musk. And then there's the (laughs) fact that weight loss medication has a patent history. Yes, indeed. There's a drug combo called FenFen, which was prescribed to patients in the 1990s. It appeared to contribute to heart valve complications, and the FDA requested its withdrawal. It's kind of a disaster. Perhaps the biggest barrier for widespread adoption, though, is cost. These medications can be blisteringly expensive. The list price for a month's supply of both Eli Lilly's Manjaro and Nova Nordisk's Wegovi is more than $1,000 a month. Yeah, so it would be a hugely expensive proposition for Medicare to start offering these medications. And that's even with the discounts that the government would almost certainly negotiate. And the same goes for companies. Kate says the employers that she's spoken to about offering these drugs through their health plans, well, they balk at the idea. They worry about raising premiums on their workforce and paying sharply higher costs to their insurers. All they see is the initial upfront cost and not the downstream improvement in the health of their company, both in their employees and their financial health. If companies and the government were willing to play the long game, she says, everyone would save money. She points to a recent report from the Schaefer Center at USC, which estimates that Medicare could save $175 billion over a decade. That's if it made weight loss drugs available to all those who needed them. Yeah, and some employers do appear to see the long-term value proposition here. Roughly 22% of companies offered coverage for prescription weight loss drugs last year. And a recent survey suggests that that number might double by the end of next year. But Kate says that even if employers do opt in to offering these drugs, insurers, in her experience, aren't making it easy for physicians to prescribe them and for patients to get them. But the insurance companies can create arbitrary requirements that make it very difficult to actually get the product to the patient. An example of this is the prior authorization process. It has been a nightmare. There has to be specific things in the documentation. And if that's not in my note, it's just been rejected. And they don't always give a good explanation of why it's been rejected. 
the barriers to making weight loss drugs as freely available as, say, statins seem considerable. But things are changing fast. Cornell's John Corley points out that while media coverage has made a great deal out of the prices of these drugs, the actual cost to the consumer is a lot less. And the landscape of the weight loss drug market is becoming increasingly competitive. As newer and better drugs come on the market, there's just going to be more and more price competition. And so that and that benefits the consumer. Everybody benefits when there's this competition that leads to lower prices. That competition should increase with demand as workers push employers to opt into offering these drugs. And if the government gets on board, weight loss drugs have been off the table for Medicare since 2003. But there is a movement on Capitol Hill to include them in the government program. The Treat and Reduce Obesity Act was reintroduced over the summer by a bipartisan group of legislators. Yeah, and even people who in the past have been vehemently opposed to the idea of treating weight loss with medication are changing tack now. Seema Sistani is the CEO of Weight Watchers. She had a conversation with CNN recently. And, you know, Weight Watchers in the past has been this sort of champion of just using diet and exercise and, you know, mental health treatment to get rid of excess weight. Well, in this interview, she effectively embraced the idea that drugs can be part of a solution for people struggling with obesity. It's a chronic condition, and therefore it is not a choice. We needed to be the first to be proud and loud about the fact that we got it wrong in the past. We've been treating these medications like it's a vanity. And it's not. It's life-saving. At the University of Virginia, Kate Varney is heartened by these winds of change. She's struggled with obesity herself in the past, and she believes that the most formidable barrier to embracing weight loss drugs is actually the patient. One of the questions I get a lot is, am I going to have to be on this medication forever? I really don't want to be on this medication forever. She says we don't look down on patients who have to take insulin or statins for the rest of their lives to keep a condition under control. But the stigma of obesity is such that patients who have it often look down on themselves. They believe what they see out there in the media, and they have internalized that, and they still have a lot of bias against themselves. In some ways, she says, the hardest people to convince when it comes to adopting weight loss drugs might be the very patients who need them the most. This episode was produced by Julia Ritchie with engineering by Nisha Hines. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. Kate Concannon is our editor, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. On, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch.